Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 172. This is the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, action, adventure, and now Spider-Man. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, and I am joined by... Senior intern. Oh, almost got you guys there. Alex Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> you've, been, you've been like, how long you've been planning that one? Yeah, probably like the last 10 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cool, cool. Uh, ben Morse is going to join us for the latter half of the podcast uh, as he is getting some other stuff done. Uh, when we talk about Punisher War Journal, he's going to be here um, and we're going to get to news with him. But first, we're going to dive into all the new comics for the week. And boy, do we have plenty. Uh, first up, we've got all-new Captain America Fear Him number 2. This one is by Dennis Hopeless and Rick Remender, Most and Jeffo, and Simon Kudransky. Uh, great team. This is, again, the adaptation of the Infinite comics. So, originally conceived uh, as a different format, a different presentation, but uh, it works Perfectly fine, perfectly well here. You wouldn't know that if uh, you were just reading it, you know, as is. So I think it's pretty cool if you have uh, have the capability. Go check it out uh, as an infinite comic, too. It's a different experience. Um, I think both work totally great. Uh, I kind of like the infinite a little bit more because just, it's just different. Um, it's just a cool way to experience reading comics. Uh, but, you know, you've got uh, Captain America and Nomad fighting um, the Scarecrow, who... uh, It's a creepy guy. Yeah, super creepy. (laughs) If I cursed on this podcast, I would call him a bunch (laughs) of different names because he's super creepster. Uh, But they show off this uh, this cool little uh, group of kids who are just making their way underground. They don't need parents or adults or supervision. They're taking care of each other. They're learning. They are doing their best. My only concern for them is they need some sunlight. That's important for growing bodies. <laughs> I mean, that's science right there. Uh, but I think it's super cool that we have this little society, and uh, I like Cap's reaction to them. And you know, lots to see here. Uh, and it looks like it's you know every issue is like whoa roller coaster. But I think the end <laughs> was a pretty cool ending for that one. All right, and up next we have all new Ghost Rider number eleven art and uh, story by Felipe Smith. And I think that's awesome because it's beautifully drawn and it's crazy jam-packed of action scenes and the story is just killer. And so this issue is basically just Robbie Reyes. He's trying to control the demon of You know, it's Eli Morrow's trying to gain control and he's pushing Robbie. He's like, I'm going to make you break. I'm going to do this. And there's some big revelations concerning Eli, Robbie's family, his brother, the car he drives. It's huge stuff. And it's just, on top of that, Robbie has, you know, girl problems going on. He has his problems with his brother. That's, his therapist says it's normal, you know, it's just teenage stuff, but it's not exactly that. And you find that out by the end of the issue. And it leaves on a big cliffhanger. And we'll pick up next issue and see if Eli's finally broken Robbie. Yeah. Um, oh, I'll yeah, you're up next. <laughs> Another one, all, you, all new X-Men number 36, ran by by Michael Bendis, art by Mahmoud Asrar, and it starts off with a gorgeous splash page of Doom defeating our heroes, but being the heroes that they are, they get back up, and they're about to mess Doom up. <laughs> <laughs> but before they can, Doom disappears, of course, like he does. <laughs> and uh, Hank McCoy gets some um, revenge for brainwashing, and then it leads up to a mutant named Carmen Cruz, who got them all misplaced in the, f- in the first place of this all this this story arc and 
they're trying to help her control the powers, um, the two genes, and what happens is they end up jumping to all these crazy alternate like futures or alternate timelines, and you see some really cool stuff actually, and then some really devilish stuff, I guess you could say. <laughs> it kind of scares them, and at the end, uh, young Hank McCoy, he actually he he's starting to plan something. He wants to change the world, and we'll see where that picks up next issue. Yeah. All right. On to uh, Amazing Spider-Man, number 14. This is the final part of the main story of Spider-Verse. This is the Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant in WrestleMania 3 uh, battle for the ages. It's uh, all the Spider-Men and Spider-Women versus and Spider-Ham uh, <laughs> and Spider-Robots. Spider-Ham is a really cool part. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, versus the Inheritors. Uh, we've seen some major losses uh, in the past couple of parts of this. You know, mm-hmm. Kane... Uh, going down, uh, the leader of the Inheritors, um, the, the father, Solus, going down. Uh, all that's, you know, there's all that. And we're on Loom World. We're on their home turf. Spider-Man team number one comes in to kick some ass. Uh, Spider-Man team number two, <laughs> led by Miles Morales. And such a, he's driving the spider buggy. Yeah. He's calling his crew the Web, Web Warriors. Warriors. It's fantastic. I love every part of it. Uh, there's, you know, like really cool ups and downs as sad moments and excitement and, and you know, crazy revelations. Uh, we get uh, Karn coming in. Uh, you know, I thought <laughs> I thought there was a chance he was going to, like, do a double swerve. And, you yeah. know, he's like, he joined the good guys. But he comes in, he's like, wait, there's my family. I'm going to join the bad guys again. But, no, we, we get, you know, awesome moments with him, with the family, with everybody else. Uh, the Spider-Ham bit. Terrific, it's really <laughs> weird looking, but I love it. Uh, art on this, obviously, it's written by Dan Slott, but art on this is both Olivier Coipel and uh, Giuseppe Camoncoli. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous issue. There's a fantastic <laughs> moment. I got so excited. There's a part where uh, there's a Japanese Spider-Man moment, the Toei Spider-Man, Superman, depending oh, on yeah. how you you know associate it, associate with it. Um, there's a huge moment for. For that in the book, uh, there's it. I there's I could I could have had this issue be 400 pages long, and I still would have loved it just as much as I did. Uh, on a side note, have you ever read Red Ready Player One? Uh, no, I haven't. But you I, should I mean, read that book as I, well as anyone should. I heard you're gonna be making a um, motion film. <laughs> a motion <laughs> yeah. film. Yeah. One of those. That's one of those motion films. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, I heard they're gonna make a movie of it. I heard they have like a script and everything. Yeah, I, I mean, they might be. I I don't know. The book is one of my all time favorite books. It's mm-hmm. really cool, really fun, awesome. and Japanese Spider Man, the robot Leopardon. Plays a huge it? part uh, in the book, in the story. I have to read it now. You have to read <laughs> have it. To it read is fantastic. That's awesome. Um, I almost jumped out of my, my I know, right? Like that. Like, oh, yes. I marked out so hard. <laughs> uh, but lots of really cool stuff, and a lot of stuff that is core to the various Spider characters here, especially towards the end when you have amazing Spider Man, you know, Peter Parker that we know. You have Superior Spider Man. Uh, you have Spider Girl, like three Spider characters who are, you know, Beloved and really well established, and you like Dan does a great job of showing you know who these characters are at their core and what makes them who they are, and they're not all the same, no. you know. And but no. some of them share the same values. A lot of really cool things, um, and particularly the way uh, you know, spoiler alert, the good guys win. Yeah, you know, there are of course 
always going to be losses and casualties and problems. But you ain't gonna. We're not gonna let Spidey go down. It's just how this happens. Yeah. Um, and it's fantastic. I friggin' love. This is one of my all-time favorite crossovers. Uh, that we've ever done. That one part with uh, Superior Spider-Man, Doc Ock Spidey. Yeah. And I was just like, that was the last thing I expected. I was like, what? <laughs> that was the last thing you expected? I was like, when is he going to do I, something like that? I don't know. So involve everything else that like I completely yeah. forgot about how bad of a dude he is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah. And it got me. <laughs> All right. On to Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, number five. Uh, written by Alex Cott. Art by uh, both Marco Rudy and Langdon Foss, uh, different art for different sections of the book. Um, you know, we've talked about this. Uh, we've got old man Bucky Barnes traveling across universes and sort of in his past uh, to try to make sure he saves a young Bucky. And um, what is the queen's name? Um, Vien? Ventolin? Ventolin, yeah. Ventolin Extal. Uh, there's this romance going on between Bucky and Ventolin, this alien, you know, this whole really cool thing. Uh, Maria Hill getting stabbed by... Daisy uh, Johnson. Uh, sorry, Daisy <laughs> Johnson stabbed by Crossbones yeah. uh, on a previous issue. Just, like, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And it's really cool because in this we get to see, like, the history of this alien culture that we've been establishing the last couple of issues. Yeah, the powery. Yeah, yeah. like, the, how they, you know, have evolved and, like, sort of what they're all about. It's really, really cool stuff. I think... Um, Alice is doing great work, like world building, which he's you know every book you read, he he has a great sense of, you know, finding the really cool minute character bits while also building these crazy amazing worlds. He is, I love his work, so very excited. This is a, a big book, a lot of like some really crazy twists and turns throughout this issue. I was like, whoa, 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 and by the end, I was like, yeah, what? I honestly don't know. What's going to happen in the next couple issues, which is terrific. Yeah, no idea. That. Yeah, very good. Next book is Captain Marvel, number 12, by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Warren Ellis. I was like, I didn't realize Warren had you know worked on this with Kelly Sue, which I'm okay with. Yeah. Uh, two awesome. of my favorite writers right there. Thank you very much. Art by my probably my favorite artist, David Lopez. Uh, so <laughs> this is kind of incredible. Uh, it's a great issue. Uh, after her little sojourn on Earth... With um, Lila Cheney, uh, Carol is back in space. She gets back to her uh, to her ship to find out the ship is trashed. And Kit and uh, Chewie, her cat and her friend, are nowhere to be found. So she is Mm-mm-mm. none too pleased. <laughs> let's say uh, there's some really cool stuff where she's trying to fight off uh, some some aliens who are you know attacking her. I just there's I don't want to give too much away, but the way she figures out what to do and how she makes the best out of her situation, yeah. like using the shields and the way that she does, I was like, that that is great. Yeah, right? She's operating on the ship that like it, it, it's not even functional right now. Every yeah. single time she has the ship to like you know boost thrusters, right? He's like, okay, that's gonna take about six hours or something, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, hey, uh, she's doing what she can. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that she basically, you know, she she pieces things together. She starts to get everything, you know, set up with her ship. She calls some friends to sort of get some information uh, and goes to this, like, crazy place in the universe, the Endless, the endless Envelope, mm-hmm. which is just... You got to read it. I don't want to spoil <laughs> it. It's such a cool, 
really insane like concept and a lot of a lot of great things going on here. Like again, it's a lot of amazing universal world building that Kelly Sue and Warren are doing here. Um, we do get to see what has happened with Kit and Chewie, uh, and it's it's great and it's also heartbreaking. And I also know that Cap is gonna beat somebody's ass, <laughs> which I'm very excited for. Definitely. All right. Up next, we have Cyclops number ten by John Lehman and art by Javier Garon. Yeah, and I like that. <laughs> Garon. Yeah, you know, a little sizzle on there. All right, so this picks up right after the last issue, and Corsair and Scott Summers, they're making it out. Uh, everything's out in the open now. Malefact knows who Cyclops actually is. He knows that Corsair is his father. And he go- they go the Malefact crew goes out to get him, but it's already too late. The Shi'ar are on their tails. They have, there's like a small army about to destroy them. And Corsair is saying this all to Cyclops about how the crew's about to just be whooped. And Cyclops, being the hero he is, the young hero he is, he tells his dad, we're going to go save him. And his dad said, I've, I've never been prouder. So, spoiler alert, they go save him. But at the end, it's like so close to a happy ending. Like, so, so close. You have to read the issue to see. And then something happens. And that something's going to lead into big things. <laughs> Some things are going to lead to big things. <laughs> Very true. All right. Up next, huge launch for us. Darth Vader, number one. Written by Kieran Gillen. Art by Salvador La Roca. And, um, Can't even speak. Hector Delgado, maybe? Um, back. It's in the back, yes. Uh, Edgar Delgado. Sorry, Edgar. Uh, he's a colorist. I mean, this is like the pinnacle of what you can hope for oh and my. expect from a Marvel Star Wars comic. This I like I, I it's blowing my <laughs> mind. I read this and I was just like st- I was struck by how friggin' good this comic was. Kieran kills I like absolutely kills it. Nails everything you could possibly love about Star Wars and want to see in a Darth Vader book. And Salvador La Roca, I mean I've loved his work for many many years. He's done amazing stuff. This might be my favorite art he's ever done. It's it's like everybody – some people are – it's like someone says to them, hey, you're going to do a Star Wars book, so make sure you're on your game. And they were like, yeah, screw you. We're going to do better than anyone ever <laughs> imagined. We're, we're going to show that we're like the best of the best, and there's a reason why we're doing these comics. It's like watching a movie. It, 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 it is – it's, it's – <laughs> it's like Star Wars 1. you know, episode 4.1. Yeah. Really. It's like and it really fits in perfectly well with uh the the main Star Wars book that Jason and John are doing. Uh but you know, this is all about Vader, right? So it's Vader going to Tatooine, talking with Jabba, like it it's just it's like, "Oh, cool. I can I can hear all the voices. I can like I get you know, there's a lot of your senses that get brought back as you're wa- looking at this because, you know, if you're like me, you grew up with this stuff and it fits perfectly. It is incredible. Vader, a thousand percent as badass as you would hope he he could be. Yeah, prime but, Vader. <laughs> and that that's the thing. It's like in those movies, he had a great presence and he had some cool moments, but you never got that visceral like, here is the guy who will murder everyone in the room to further what he needs to get done, and he'll do it incredibly stylish, stylishly and uh, forcefully and amazingly, but he does that here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wish we could see this on film. Like, 
I want yeah. I want this. It, without even flinching, he just like he just takes down what, uh, anyone and anything he can. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I love that because you then flash to a scene uh, per, like, that would have happened the day before, where he's basically getting uh, bitch slapped down by <laughs> yeah. the emperor. And it, I mean, it, it all—it's another scene. It's like, yeah, yeah you—the emperor is just such a d bag. He's like, he's basically just, you know, putting Vader down. He's bas- calling him for calling him out for being, you know, a guy who lets people yeah. go and like all this stuff. It's just terrific little bits here and there. Uh, I, everything about this is fantastic. There's this great scene, a uh, great couple of pages where Vader is like, has the recollections of, you know recent events, which I think is done super really, like, terrifically well. Um, a lot, like, recapping without having to recap anything, um, bringing you up to a, a state. It's just terrific. And then it ends where we go back to Tatooine and we get the the introduction in this book to two characters. One who I, I don't know enough about, you know, other Star Wars characters. There's one here who... Is now my new favorite character. Oh yeah, like I, I don't know much about him either. Like I, I hope I, if he's a universe. brand new character and Kieran and Salva just nailed yeah. it. Cause Bravo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got he's got an amazing name. One, uh, his name is Crescenten Black Crescenten. <laughs> I like. I just I love him. I love him. I want to hang out with him. Then, He'll probably kill me, but I want to hang out with him. Yeah. Just I can't stress enough. How much I love this damn and book. That last splash page for any of the um, franchise. You, you turn that last page. Woo! And you're just <laughs> like, yes! <laughs> yes! It's automatically. I'm just like, like, this guy is so evil, but I love him. And I, I'm, I'm so rooting into for him. Yeah, yeah. You're rooting for one of the most awful people yeah. ever. You're, you're, by the time that last splash page hits, you're like, Luke who? Yeah. <laughs> Screw that guy, that whiny little jerk. Yeah. I want the guy who's, you know, Taking care of business. Yeah, it is perfect. It's perfect. Oh, my God, it's so good. All right, now we have Guardians 3000, number five, written by Dan Abnett and art by Gerardo Sandoval. And Nicolette Gold, back in action, looking pretty cool, basically shooting first, <laughs> asking I, questions later. This is, a, this is one of those moments where I wish Ben was here because I, I wanted to be like, Ben, I don't know enough about classic Guardian stuff. Who is this? Like, what is her deal? She's awesome. I love, you yeah, know. She was a part of the, I've read a couple, like, original Guardians with her in it. She was, yeah, she was part of the original Guardians with, like, Yondu and all of them. And she didn't look anything like this, though. This sure. is completely new. She had, like, she looked like a normal human, just kind of, like, fire hair. I don't know if you, if you can that. Maybe. Oh, she was the fire hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, you, you cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The green, like, leotard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's, so she's, like, a, she's, like, a, I don't know, a Mercurian? A Mercurian? Mercurian? A yeah, Mercurian. Okay. Yeah. And so she's back, though. She's looking yeah. better than ever. Yeah. She's like, Vance, and she's talking to them. And they're like, we don't know you. In this timeline, they don't know her for some reason, but she's obviously ran to them before. And she basically destroys the Stark core ship, the A-Sentience. And Vance is like, what did you do that for? He's really mad. They get into a fight. They're about to get answers from these robots. And it leads off to, yeah, a standoff basically between them. And then we jump over to the other members of the team of Star-Lord, Gina Drake, Charlie 27, and Yondu. And they're with the last Nova of the universe. Uh, I think her name's Rail Rider. 
and they're going to visit something called the Old Hunger. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, it's exactly who it is. Yeah, you know what it is, but I, it's great. But yeah. like, you're like, oh boy. Yeah, it, it, and they leave off on a page, kind of showing exactly who it is, and it's like, whoo! What's I'm sure there'll be a next? nice twist to it. Oh which yeah, I can't yeah, wait yeah. to see. It, it's it's a crazy jam packed issue. You gotta check it out. You gotta see it to believe it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, number 24. This is, I think, part two. Yep, chapter of, two. Chapter two of the Black Vortex. Uh, at the end of the first chapter, uh, Gamora had given herself, she had submitted Sweet. to the Black Vortex, uh, which turned her into this version of herself, super powered her up. Um, and, you know, like, the thing about it, it's cool because she's doing it because she knows it'll give her more power. More power will let her kill Thanos. Mm-hmm. That is all she wants to do. She wants to have enough power to stop for. Thanos and his reign of terror on the universe. At the core, she's she. There's an altruism and a, a like. The her cause is good, but uh, surely something that grants this level of power cannot come without a cost. That's you know. Keep that in mind. She's fighting. Um, the Slaughter Lords, who are also super powered up, yeah. but they she are, whips though. She, yeah, it, it's it's like uh, it's like Dragon Ball Z. You know, like you get uh, you know Goku and uh, did you watch Dragon Ball? Oh Z? yeah, okay. every single episode. So like right <laughs> in the beginning, you know, Drag- Goku and um, the the green dude, um, oh, Piccolo. Piccolo, like. I love the original Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. and they had amazing fights, and they were, like, doing crazy things. Yeah. At the beginning of Dragon Ball Z, you know, like, they're at the pinnacle of those powers. Yeah. But then in comes someone else who is far more powerful than them. Oh, yeah. So, like, already the the they've been leveled up, you know, like, they, they've been outclassed. That's exactly then they have to level up again. So this is, like, the Slaughter Lords come in above our heroes. They're, like, super powered up. Gamora comes in. Boom. She's already <laughs> way above them. Takes them out. Um, yeah, wipes the floor of all. Wipes of them. the floor <laughs> with them. It's terrific. So then all the heroes, like, f- you know, they peace out. They go somewhere else. They've got the black vortex. Great discussion about what they should do, how they should wield. You know, like, should it be used? Should it be destroyed? Like, great opinions. Everybody's sort of torn. Uh, <laughs> there's terrific line with Rocket Raccoon talking about the Phoenix Force and just some real, a lot of funny bits. It's, you know, great. <laughs> it's so great. This is, you know, Brian Michael Bendis writing, Valerio Skidi drawing. It's a gorgeous book. It's funny. It's heartfelt. It's action-packed. Um, it's got Ooh. that big moment. There's another Black uh, Black Vortex power-up, which just craziness. Uh, all that's going on, and we've got Mr. Knife, who is, you know, He's losing it. I yeah. love it because he's like he's trying to you know he doesn't know what to do. That's hold it. on to this <laughs> bit of power. At the same time, Thane is Ebony you know Maul, creepy as ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> Ebony Maw is um, worm tonguing. He's totally worm tonguing Thane. It's a and, perfect way to put it. It's it just it's fantastic. Really, really great. You know, all this is going on and just. Madness might be coming to everyone. There's a great introduction as uh, Nova comes in. He's like, yeah. "Hey guys, yeah. I got the call. What's up?" Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it's in the midst of like every. There's a, so many things happening, and it was yeah. just like, "Hey, what's going on?" And then, boom, that double page splash <laughs> yeah. right at the end. Like, I love it. I love I, it so much. I had to. Look, I looked at it for about like ten minutes, just like looking through the whole splash page, and I was like, "Whoa!" 
minutes. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy. But yeah. I, I cannot wait for the next chapter. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of the book, we did put two-page, uh, basically, reading order for the cosmic book since 2008. You know, it's... You can read all of it. You can read none of it. But this is a cool way for a lot of you who have been curious. Uh, you know, like we did Annihilation early on on the show for Twim URC. But there's so much more that you can follow along here. Uh, various different books and stories that you can get a see the bigger picture of everything cosmic in the Marvel Universe. All right. Up next, we have Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble Season 2, Number 4, adapted by Joe Caramagna. And this is the Ghost of the Past episode. It's the first appearance of the Winter Soldier in the um, hit cartoon TV show. And it's really weird because it's Cap versus the Winter Soldier, and Cap's trying to save the Red Skull. Uh, Yeah, if you don't watch the show, you have to pick up the comic book and read and check it out and find out why. But yeah, it's awesome to see. It's different dynamics going on, and it's it's really cool. It was really fun. (laughs) Nightcrawler, number 11, by Chris Claremont, Todd Nock, and Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, so, you know, Nightcrawler has been fighting hard, uh, trying to save his friends, save his family, save the woman he's sort of, like, keen on. Not the woman he loves, but the woman he's kind of, like, hot for. Uh, we've got all kinds of crazy stuff, but some of the students have been kidnapped. They are now, like, in a, you know, another place, another reality almost, and Nightcrawler has to go save them. But, really, the crux of it is about these kids doing what they got to do for themselves. There's this, like, crazy intergalactic auction, uh, and there's a really cool, you know, device that goes across the top of each of each page, uh, like a narrative device of, you know, as these kids try to escape, try to, you know, free themselves, free other people, and um, that really, like, ups how much people are willing to pay. Like, oh, that kid did that thing? Here, I'm gonna I'll bid more money for yeah, it. Yeah, it's crazy. You know? And then the there's like the one part where they show like the future version. Yeah, they, they're all super powered up. Yeah. It's like, whoa, that's pretty <laughs> that dude looks bad. Yeah, they look awesome. And yeah. they're like, okay, these kids are worth a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh then we get the return of the War Wolves, which I wish Ben was here because he would be popping hard for them <laughs> as a like, classic Excalibur villain. So great, so weird. Like, they have this, like, liquid metal. Yeah, uh, shiny. So cool, like, man. So uh, dangerous looking, though. <laughs> yeah, War Wolves are awesome. Uh, and, you know, the kids are, are doing all they got to do. There's really, really great moments as um, Nightcrawler finally, re- you know, gets there. But the his students aren't the only kids who are on this, like, intergalactic auction. There are tons and tons of children from all kinds of alien races. Uh, and Nightcrawler's like, all right, let's go. Let's get you out of here. <laughs> and they're like, uh, we got to save all these other kids. And Nightcrawler's like, oh, <laughs> you're right. I know, I want to save you, <laughs> but I make gotta like, save them. Yeah, they make him feel bad. They're like, you're supposed to be a hero. Yeah. This, this is what heroes do. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, out of the mouths of babes comes a reminder of my obligations. Not simply <laughs> as a hero, but as a man. Can I measure up to them? It's like... Yeah, <laughs> remember, you got to save some people. And then, you know, in the course of all that, they might not even be able to save themselves at this point. Oh. I, I love this book. It's yeah. super fun. It's exactly what I had hoped for. All right, Spider-Woman, number four, it is uh, essentially an epilogue issue to, uh, Spider-verse. to Spider-Verse. It's a tie-in, but uh, I would say read it after you read uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Definitely. But definitely read it. Uh, Dennis Hopeless writing Greg Land, uh, Jay Lyston, Frank Dermada on art. Um, it's 
I freaking love this book. Jessica Drew is here, but uh, joined by Silk, Spider-Gwen, and Spider-Girl, Aranya, uh, Anya Corazon, whatever you want to call her. <laughs> like I, whatever. I think she's going by Spider-Girl at this point. But nonetheless, it's just a great team of, uh, of Spider characters. Uh, we get the great recap of Spider-Verse. But really, we're on Loom World. In the aftermath of Spider-Verse, the Inheritors are gone. Sorry, spoiler. <laughs> the Inheritors are gone, which leaves a power vacuum. So Loom World is like this big conglomeration of various you know, cultures and worlds and people and things that the Inheritors have put together. Uh, but now they there ain't no law and order. Nope. So uh, no one to rule. our <laughs> Jessica Drew tells the Jessica Drew of this world, like, hey, just you, you could go and... You don't have to fight people. You could go and you yeah. could be the leader. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. She, she was, she's like talking about it all the time. She's like, I'm not a fighter like you. And she's like, who said anything about fighting? I'm talking about ruling. And she's like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I'll do that. Uh, which is great because she knows like with with the pheromones that they have, the ability to sort of manipulate people. Uh, makes it easy. <laughs> it, it makes it easy. And hopefully she's a good ruler. Uh, if she needs to, she you know our Jessica could come back and kick her ass, yep. which is great. Lay down the law. <laughs> yeah. So then we we get back to you know the our Earth and everything. Jessica uh, has grabbed Carol Danvers, who's one of her best friends, and they they need to go and take care of some business. Uh, Jessica won't say what it is, but I love the banter between the two of them. It's it's fantastic. They go. They see Steve Rogers. They see uh, Vision and Beast, and they deal with some crap. Uh, and Jessica lays down her situation. I don't want to give it away because I think it's it's really cool. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It's it's really smart, and it's very exciting for the future of the character and the book. Uh, it leaves a lot for us to you know to get hyped for. And the next issue, number five, is on sale. I I'm bummed out because we have to wait like the you end, know like three more weeks, three weeks <laughs> for another issue. But it's Javier Rodriguez on art. Who Ooh. is the jam? <laughs> uh, and and Dennis is killing it on this. I friggin' love this book. Yeah. Um, it, it's great. It, it's really, really, really solid. If you are, uh, you know, a lady who's like, hey, I I want more characters that I can get into, who I can associate with. Check out Spider Woman. If you're someone who has a friend who's uh, who's a woman or a girl who wants to get into superheroes and wants something that they can latch onto? We've got a lot of that now, but I think Spider Woman is one of those books that I I don't want you guys to sleep on because it's fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, now we got Thanos vs. Hulk number three, story and art by Jim Starlin, and basically in this issue you see the end game of Annihilus and what he's exactly kidnapped the Hulk for, what he wants to do, and what they're trying to take from him. And in the midst of all that, you he you see that Annihilus gets his endgame, but at the same time, Pip Patrol lets the Hulk loose. And the Hulk starts messing everything up, and he battles against Annihilus' right-hand man, Blastar, and the Annihilation Wave, and you just see the Hulk smash it through these bugs. He's like, I hate bugs. He smashed through them, and Blastar's just like, I can't do this. <laughs> like, the Hulk's too much. Like, you got to send all the forces you can. And by the end of the issue... You get the one of the real battles that's going about to happen, and I can't wait for the next issue to see what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, up next, Thor, number five, written by Jason Aaron. Art by Jorge Molina, uh, which a note, Jorge Molina will be drawing A-Force, I believe, Ooh. for us, which 
Um, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be big. Uh, that's going to be great. And you get to see, uh, I think this will be a great uh, introduction to his work for a lot of you. He's done some X-Men stuff, but uh, if you haven't seen his work, he's fantastic and he's going to nail it. But uh, we get a bunch of really great stuff in here. Thor versus the Absorbing Man. Absorbing Man, total jerk, total sexist jerk. Yeah. He's like, there's great, there's a fantastic line as they start fighting. He's like, Thor, are you kidding me? I'm supposed to call you <laughs> Thor? Damn feminists are ruining everything. I lost it. I laughed so hard. Uh, as a, a bit of a feminist, I thought that was hilarious. I, <laughs> I want a punch crusher in his dumbass face. Uh, but that's, that's the point. Uh, fantastic. There's a lot of great, you know, um, uh, banter between the two mm -hmm. of them. Thor... More than holds her own, she she punches him in the face. Yeah, whoops him. <laughs> she breaks his damn jaw, which yeah. is terrific. Uh, but you know, it's it's pretty great. Uh, then you know his uh, his wife comes in, uh, Thundra Titania Titania. Sorry, Titania. Thundra and Titania. The T's always get mixed up in my head. But um, Titania uh, comes in and she's like, "All right, I'm gonna. You, you think there's gonna be this great brawl?" Some really interesting stuff. I love what's going on here. Uh, I thought it was really funny, really cute, really quirky. Uh, that's the story for Thor, but we also get the Odin son, all kinds of craziness. Kull, who is the god of fear, who was the villain in uh, Fear Itself, uh, is now like a part of this whole Asgardian pantheon. Yeah. Odin is a tool. Yeah, he, jerk I, Odin. I, I couldn't understand that part. I was like, this guy just like... Rain terror. I'm very aggressive this week. I want to punch a lot of people in their faces. That's just what I'm feeling, and Odin is one of them. I want to just, I want to poke him in his, his good eye. Uh, but we've got that. Then you've got Odinson and Sif having a bit of a talk and some stuff. And you know, Sif is, she's rightfully annoyed and pissed off at this dude. Yeah. Uh, she's not happy. No, and and I can totally see why. Uh, all that's going on. We get. To finally, we get to see uh, Freya and Thor meet and talk, and uh, there's just some really like fantastic dialogue between the two of them. I, it's one of the, a lot of great interactions throughout this book. It's stellar. Jason is, you know, he's killing it. I never want him to leave Thor. No. If he ever says, you know what, I think I've I've finished. I've done what I wanted to do on Thor. I'm going to tell him no. Yeah. No, nope. I don't think I could imagine it without him right now. I have no know? say in this, but Jason, you're not allowed. That's what I'm going to say to him. You can't leave. No. Oh, my God. It's so good. All right. Up next, we got Wolverine's number six by Ray Fox and art by Jason Masters. And this issue is just, for the first, like, I think more than half the, the issue, it's just a big battle <laughs> that's going on. It's the X-Men showed up. We got the Paradise crew. We have the Weapon X crew. We got Sinister and all his experiments and weird, creepy robots. And they're all just battling for the body of Logan. And Storm is not taking any crap in this at all. She's just one part that she talks to Sinister, and she's like, you are stopped now. She's like, I'm going to scramble your brain or something. And, I mean, later on, spoiler alert, she does it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like, they also know, like, you can kill... Kill Sinister, he's gonna come back. Yeah, no he is. What. He's like a he's like a super, like ancient cockroach, <laughs> a giant super cockroach. You can kill him, fry him. He'll probably yeah. be better. whatever you throw at him. There's a way for him. I mean, there's even in this issue. There's you'll yeah. see like after that happens, there's a way he's already yeah. coming back. But yeah, so you have all that going on. You have stuff with Phantomel and her Fox Culpepper. They're trying to steal the 
remains of Logan as well, and you get a little more insight into her, how her her powers work. She like bends reality a little bit, but really she just like travels through different dimensions to get to places. It's really cool stuff. You should really check it out. And but uh, and then there's the one part also where Neuro once again sells out to Sinister, this, and there he tr- tries to give him the like command words for the Weapon X program, but they find a clever way to. M- you know, stop the command words. It's kind of graphic and a little gross, but uh-huh. you gotta check it out. <laughs> I was like, Ew. Yeah. And I, the really funny part about this book is there's Sabretooth, and there's like a part where Sabretooth and Colossus about to go at it, and Sabretooth's trying to explain that, you know, he's not the same <laughs> that he was anymore. And like, he's like in the middle of sentence, and he kind of just like, oh, forget it. I've been saying these for saying the same thing for like six issues already. You know, no one's listening. Whatever. He's still Sabretooth, but he doesn't he doesn't have the villain part of Sabretooth anymore. So he enjoys the fight. But he doesn't want to kill, and the end of this issue, I can't even explain what happens. I mean, the next issue, I can't wait to see what happens. All right, last two books we've got X Force number fifteen by Cy Spurrier, uh, with art by Rocky Kim and Jose Villarubia. Um, this is the big finale to X Force's battle against super duper ultra powered, crazy, messed up, insano <laughs> Phantom X. Uh, and it goes down in a really cool way. Uh, Hope is, you know, finally, you know, she, I don't even know how to, she's like, yeah, she's, she's also super duper powered yeah, she's up. She's killing it right now. Uh, in a crazy way. <laughs> yeah, but they're having a hard time against Phantom X. Yeah. They're throwing, like, hundreds of clones of cable at him <laughs> to stall him and slow him down so they can get their plans worked out. Uh, it's, you know, all really cool. Everything sort of comes together. They do what they need to do. There's great interactions uh, between the team, and like, there's really funny stuff. Once they finally stop Phantom X, uh, the Psylocke and the Domino part. There's a Psylocke <laughs> and the Domino part, but there's also um, Marrow and Psylocke. There's a there's a couple of lines that Marrow says that I just I laugh. <laughs> just a great weird sadistic character, <laughs> uh, but uh, really cool sort of. I like where it leaves Cable, mm-hmm. and I really, really like where it leaves uh, the X-Force crew and, like, what that means. And there's a lot of cool stuff that, that sort of settles out in this one. Yeah, which going forward, great. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. It's going to be awesome, though. Yeah. Uh, last book is X-Men, uh, Adjectiveless, written by G. Willow Wilson, uh, art by Roland Boshi and Javi Fernandez. And uh, we've got three of our X-Men... Uh, Rachel Gray, Psylocke, and Monet. They're like they've been investigating this crazy hole in the ground, and there's all these weirdo monsters, mm-hmm. um, and it's a tough battle. They are having a time with it. Uh, it's really cool. I like watching them play off of each other. How they utilize each other's powers. How do they, you know, try to protect each other? But also, they're all you know. There's like personality quirks mm-hmm. between the three of them. Um, you know, it, it's really, really solid to see where they all fit into this tapestry. Storm is still, like, she's separated from them, and there's just, like, your heart breaks for Storm. Yes. Yeah. One, because you know she has all these problems with the claustrophobia and, like, all that stuff, and she's she's doing her yeah. best, and it's tough. I, like, imagine myself in oh her my shoes, God. like, you know. And I, I'm, I'm done. done about it. Yeah. I'm done. Nope. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'd probably just give up and, yeah. like, just wait to die. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I'm, I'm dead. I'm dead. Some Something come and eat me. Storm is just not having that. She is, she's so, she's such a damn strong character. It's yeah. great. Uh, crazy giant monsters, like, big old monsters, weirdness. Uh, a cool 
sort of twist to the story and, and a hint of why things are going down the way they're going down. Jubilee's going to get involved. I mean, it's a great book. I love what, what uh, G. Willow Wilson's doing on it. Definitely. All right. Time to pick our Twins of the Week. You want to go first, Alex? Yeah. All right. All right. All right, so our, remember the conversation we had last podcast mm-hmm. with the Star Wars? So wh- what are we doing with that right now? <laughs> I, I think it's fair game. All right. I'll, I'll go ahead and pick two just because of that. Uh-huh. Uh, so obviously, if you, you didn't guess already, I would have said Darth Vader number one because that book. <laughs> just wow. And then uh, next for that, I'll have to go with... I like I really liked all new Ghost Rider. I think it really it it, it, it was new revelations on the whole dynamic between Eli Morrow and uh, Robbie Reyes, and it's I think it's gonna get real interesting from there. So I really enjoyed that issue. Yeah, I would like to pick five books this week. I'm not <laughs> going to, but I would like to. Yeah, like, yeah. I had a very hard time figuring out what's what's my top. But I'm with you with Darth Vader. It, it's hands down yeah. got to be on everybody's list. Uh, but I think I'm going to go, I'm going to also tip my hat to Amazing Spider-Man. Because they, they brought home, uh, they, they really took it home and, and finished the story really, really well. It was solid as hell. It's yeah. one of my favorite uh, events. Yeah, and uh, the next issue, if you guys didn't know already, is actually an epilogue issue to Spider-Verse. So, yeah. you know, don't think it's over completely. There's going to be some cool stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah. All right, collections on sale this week. We've got Avengers World, Volume 3, Next World, Deathlock, Rage Against the Machine, Dexter, I don't know which Dexter collection, but it's a Dexter collection, Indestructible Hulk, Volume 4, Humanity Bomb, Marvel Masterworks, The Mighty Thor, Volume 1, Marvel Masterworks, The Submariner, Volume 6, Oz, The Emerald City of Oz, and Rocket Raccoon, Volume 1, A Chasing Tale. All right. Comics on on the digital comics on sale this week. Everything except for Avengers Assemble. Also on sales, New Warriors number one through six. Cable. 15. Now New Warriors one through six. That's the Scotty Young. Yeah, I believe I that's the two, Scotty 2005. Young. Two thousand five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then those characters would be the characters you see at the very beginning of Civil War. Yes, yes. Just saying. <laughs> Just laying saying. it out there for you guys. Uh, what was it? Cable um, fifty nine to sixty two. Deathlock. From 1999, number 1 to 11. And collections on sale this week. Avengers Disassembled, Captain America. This is collections on the app. Yeah, collections on the app. Sorry about that. Avengers World, Volume 3, Next World. Dark Reign, Fantastic Four. Deathlock, Rage Against the Machine, Dexter. And Rocket Raccoon, Volume 1, A Chasing Tale. Uncanny X-Men Masterworks, Volume 6. X-Men Forever, Volume 3, Come to Mother, Russia. (laughs) X Men, Kitty Pride, and Wolverine. Uh, that's an, uh, if that's the collection of like the '80s series, it's pretty awesome. Uh, Check it right. out. Freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited, we've got all new X Men number thirty, Amazing Spider Man number five, Amazing X Men number ten, Black Widow number nine, Deadpool Dracula's Gauntlet number five, Iron Fist: The Living Weapon number five, Legendary Star Lord number two, Miles Morales Ultimate Spider Man number four, Moon Knight number six. New Warriors, number 22. Uh, nope, I'm sorry. New Avengers, number 22. New Warriors, number 8. Original Sin, number 3.4 and number 5.3, because, you know, The Punisher, number 9. Rocky Raccoon, number 2. She-Hulk, number 7. Superior Foes of Spider-Man, number 14. Superior Spider-Man, number 32. 
tons of comics. Ooh, um, yeah. So we're going to mix it up a little bit. Normally we go to news, but we're going to hold that to when Ben joins us on the show. Right now I'm going to kick it over to Strami and Patrick to, uh, to handle their part of the show. Hello, this week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. For another thrilling installment of the Stromy and the Wolfman show, starring the Wolfman and Stromy. We got, uh, it's actually been a pretty quiet uh, news week this week, yep, hasn't it, Patrick? Yep, that'll about do it for us. Yep, yep, especially actually, Especially as far as movies are concerned. Oh yeah, we, we have no movies news, so let's just go, what's this to know about... Spiders man. Spurt. Spurs. Spurs man? Spurter. No, does I that, don't know. Does that sound familiar? I got nothing. Wait. Wait. That's right. We announced that Spider Man is coming into the Marvel Cinematic Universe this, well, soon. He will, uh, <laughs> he will, he will be pe- appearing first in a Marvel Cinematic Universe film, and then he'll have his own solo film coming July 28th. 2017, I believe. Yes, yes, that is the correct date. Of I, course, I'm not helping with that date. Of I'm course, just looking. Of course, you confused. can uh, you can read more about it all on Marvel.com. Not much we can actually say about all that right now, other than it's very exciting news. I'm very excited. I'm excited to see what happens next. I, po- um, I posted a few different uh, gifts of Spider-Man dancing, various incarnations of Spider-Man dancing. Don't. I don't encourage you following Wolfman on Twitter. <laughs> Neither do I. I'm just saying how I celebrate it. But yeah, so so I mean it's big news, but it's big news that we can't really say much about right now. So man, but I want to say that nope. And we're oh. gonna move over onto the TV side of things, where this week we had an all new episode of Marvel's Agent Carter, in which the tables sort of turned. Peggy's now on the run from the SSR. And it's all leading into next week's episode, which is the penultimate installment of the season. Um, It has an ending that actually did genuinely shock me. I know we sometimes say shocking ending, blah, 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 yada, yada. But I was genuinely shocked by this one. Are you trying to say the shocker makes an appearance? I am not trying to say the shocker makes an appearance. That, That... there are, there are some dreams of mine that are too good to come true, Patrick. However, it's a very good episode. You should check it out this Tuesday at 9, 8 central on ABC. We'll have some clips and some images and some more fun stuff in the meantime, including a behind-the-scenes uh, video we shot with the uh, costume designer, Gigi, uh, just sort of talking about uh, the look of the show. We'll be releasing two videos out of that shoot, uh, the first of which should be going up um, the same day this podcast goes up. So take a look. Keep an eye out for those. Moving over into the world of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., because, of course, that series comes back very, very soon, Tuesday, March 3rd, 9, 8 Central, and then ABC. We released two new previews, one focusing on the kick-butt women of S.H.I.E.L.D., the other focusing on Sky and asking the question, what have they become? Because, of course, going into season two, the question was, what will they become? And now that we've had some of the revelations from the winter finale, uh, Sky and Reyna in particular have um, they've changed a little bit. So 
that's sort of going to be the driving question moving forward, or at least for this uh, these initial few episodes, is what exactly have they become? Speaking of those initial few episodes, we also announced that Jamie Alexander will be uh, reprising her role as the Lady Sif once again on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with the upcoming 12th episode of the season. That is the second episode uh, of after we return. Um, of course, Sif from the Thor films also made an appearance last season in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We talked with executive producers... Uh, Marissa Tancheron and Jed Whedon about the return and what we can expect. And we also announced last week that uh, Luke Mitchell, who some of you, if any of you guys watched uh, the CW series The Tomorrow People, he was one of the main characters in that. He will be playing a new Inhuman character that will be very important to Sky's arc coming up. Can't say much more about him other than that. That pretty much covers everything I got. What have you got, Patrick? This Sunday at 8 a.m., there's a brand new episode of Marvel's Hulk and the Agents of Smash, followed by a brand new episode of Marvel's Avengers Assemble at 8.30 a.m. Those will both be on Disney XD. And stay tuned to this podcast to learn a little bit more about those episodes because you'll get to hear myself chatting with Steve Wacker about those episodes, and we've got a very special guest, so stay tuned for literally less than two minutes. Yeah, actually, this will be in like 30 seconds. So, not if I talk and sing. I thank you all for joining us once again. Yes, thank you for joining us. We'll talk with you again in seven more days. Until then, have a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous er week. And as always, remember to drink your Ovaltine. Hello out there. This week in Marvel, this is Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh bringing you what's hot, what's cool. Those are two opposite things. But they're both really good adjectives when it comes to describing what's new in Marvel animation. Uh, I am joined again. Once, uh, joined again? Again, I am joined. Again, you are joined. By... You do it. I you take it. My name. You take it. Uh, my name is uh, Stephen Wacker uh, from uh, Marvel Animation. Talk about this week's episodes. And to to my surprise, we're only two episodes in. You're already bringing some heavy hitters That's with right. you. I wanted to bring somebody along this time. A special guest. Um, one of the uh, uh, big minds here at Marvel Animation, uh, Dan Evans, who's uh, the executive on the Avengers show. Um, and uh, he's been sort of spearheading uh, this entire season for, for us. Howdy. Dan is, uh, speaks old cowboy speak. <laughs> <laughs> that he does. That's what you brought him in here for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before we get to Avengers, uh, coming up this Sunday, we have a new episode of Marvel's Hulk and the Agents of Smash. That's going to be this oh, Sunday this at 8 a.m. This is a good one. This is, okay. This is and so good. What's going to be going on? do you like prison? I love. It's one of my top three favorite things. It's an episode of Hulk: The Agents of Smash where uh, the agents are taken to prison by the Abomination. Wow! And they are inside uh, this massive security pr- prison. Lots of villains around. A lot of people. The reason to hate the Hulks. Uh, so this is a big one for us. This is uh, really the centerpiece of 
of uh, the adventure that has brought them back to Earth from space. And uh, a lot happens in this episode that affects the rest of the season. And if I know anything about prison, it's that it should be a laugh riot. Yeah, prison is fun. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm I'm glad we finally Marvel. We can as finally... a man who's been in prison many times. Uh, that's that's a different podcast yeah. that we'll be starting. Uh, that'll be a daily one to, to cover all of sure. Your, uh, and talk about Pan- talk about prison and Panagos. You can't say prison. <laughs> Without bringing up Ryan Pagos. Absolutely not. We'll start with peace. Uh, and that episode will be airing uh, again this Sunday at 8 a.m. on Disney XD. Right. Following Marvel's Hulk and the Agents of Smash, we have a brand new episode of Steve. What do we have? Not a new eight? episode of Steve, although that would be a great show. I did pitch that. Uh, this is an episode of uh, Marvel's Avengers Assemble. And uh, Dan's going to tell us a little bit about this one because this is an exciting one. Uh, yeah, this uh, this episode of Avengers Assemble, we get to have fun with Falcon and Hawkeye, the bird-named people of the team, <laughs> and uh, we find out that uh, Hawkeye has been uh, having a little issue with Falcon, and uh, he thinks he, he's not really sure he's why, why he's on the team. So uh, they go head-to-head for a little bit and accidentally end up in Asgard, uh, following a really awesome uh, set piece with uh, Hawkeye pretty much fighting everybody in Asgard. Uh, we... Find out that they've also uh, blacked out all of New York and their monsters raging that the rest of the Avengers have to deal with. It's a pretty fun episode, and everybody gets a good moment, uh, especially Hulk and Thor. Yeah. (coughs) They uh, are not in prison in that episode, though. There's no prison? The one fault I find. There's no prison. Huh. Um, That's too bad. With the bad guys. Well, uh, and, and Dan, just while we have you here, what are some other maybe episodes coming up in the next few weeks, few months, some episodes from season two that you're really looking forward to. Don't you dare spoil anything. <laughs> it's funny you ask. Well, we've been setting up uh, a number of things with the Infinity Don't Stones. Don't do it. And Don't do it. It has to end somewhere, so that Infinity Gauntlet will get you. No, you said it. All right, you gotta, yeah, gotta bleep that part. Gotta beep. Wow, that's uh. That's I'm glad you brought in a special guest Steve yeah. to to break that oh that news. God. We're um, talk after this. We're yeah. This At is least he didn't mention Avengers Disassembled. Oh boy! Oh, <laughs> that a spinoff series? Uh, so again, this Sunday, starting at 8 a.m., you'll catch a brand new episode of Marvel's Hulk and the Agents of Smash. Right. Then at 8:30, wake up early. Wake up real eight o'clock. What are you sleeping for? What else do you have to do? Oh, I've been playing video games all night. I'm gonna sleep. My in. thumbs are so tired. Just wake up. Whew. Jerks. And then followed by a new Hulk and the Agents of Smash will be that new episode it's of Marvel's Avengers morning. Assemble. It's going to be a great Wake up. Get some Cheerios. Get some coffee. Hey, you can't plug Cheerios. This, Ooh, uh, what are you boy. doing? Uh, plug Marvel. Plug, plug Marvel. Marvel's <laughs> officially licensed. Yes, Marvelos. <laughs> Fruit Marvels. Marvel Loops. Right. Whatever, whatever cereal that we have. M-shaped. Exactly. Nuggets of goodness. Uh, honey, honey roasted. Honey roasted. I guess Marvel O's wouldn't make any sense if they're shaped like M's. Well, on that note. Our cereal uh, makers can't spell. On that note, uh, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And Dan, thank you for joining us. Everyone, listen to the rest of the podcast. I know you're going to want to turn it off now, but I'm sure they're going to talk about something else interesting. Absolutely. And uh, until, until next week, make sure you cartoon Tune in. in. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, thanks, guys. Wait a minute. That's not Alex. What?
Huh? That's right. It's the dulcet tones of Marvel.com senior editor Ben Morse. What does dulcet exactly mean? Soft and pleasing to the ear. So you're you do not have dulcet tones. I would say a lot of people would say I have very dulcet <laughs> tones. My voice is very reassuring. Um, you know, it's the most. Is this th- just like your family saying this stuff? Not, not even most of them. <laughs> um, most of them would disagree. You know, it's dulcet tones. Who's that? The longtime Marvel.com contributor and former podcast listener Tim Stevens. Former podcast listener. Well, he hasn't said anything to me in months, so I how he dare he? You can't argue that he has very dulcet tones. Very reassuring vocal stylings. I suppose so. Yeah. He is a, has to. Yeah, a medical professional. He's a medical professional. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm back. back that was again. the first half of the show. It was terrific. Yep. I got really excited about Darth Vader. I haven't read it yet. Oh, my God. I just got back from Florida, mm-hmm. and I have not read my comics yet, which is why Alex filled in today. Thank you, Alex. Don't respond. He did a great um, job. I bet he did. He always does. Um <laughs> He's not used to praise. Uh, no. we, we screwed up. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, so here I'm ready. I'm excited to read Darth Vader. I'm excited to read Amazing Spider Man. And oh, yeah. Spider Verse came to a close. And read Spider Woman after it. Mm, I did. I stacked my comics already. Okay. Okay. Good. All set. I'm ready. What else was I looking forward to? There's some good stuff this week. Yeah. This came out. It was, it was, it was rock solid. Here. I am definitely excited for some Thor. Oh, yeah. Excited for some more Black Vortex. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was all good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, I got some news. I bring with me some news um, in the world of comics and games. Did you already talk about other stuff? No. Uh, I I haven't. Uh, I, I, mentioned, I made news. a mention right at the beginning of the right. show, but that's about it. So let's, let's lead up to that. Yeah. Um, comics, we are announcing Secret Wars tie-ins by the day. They just won't stop coming no matter what I do. Um, there's uh, this one actually is pretty cool. I did the story on this today. Dennis Hopeless and Javier Garon, who draws Cyclops, are going to be doing a look back at Inferno. So it's a War Zones books, which means it's kind of it takes place in one of the worlds on Battle World. This one is basically what if X Men the X Men lost Inferno, although not the classic what if story. What if the X Men lost Inferno, which is a gem, which is great. But this one. Inferno's still been going on. It's five years later. Uh, Colossus. All the, all the mailboxes yeah. have, like, you know, gotten to a higher standing <laughs> as in De- the society. As Dennis described it, the um, Empire State Building is now just a husk. Like, just a burnt-out husk of a monster just <laughs> looming over the city. Uh, Colossus is leading the X-Men. He's looking for magic. Uh, Dennis did not shy to say he's leaning heavily into his Cable and X-Force stuff we love. So, like, Domino and Colossus are definitely together. Boom Boom's in there, Nightcrawler's in there. Should be, I don't know if I want to say fun, but should be good. Yeah, I, I hope it's super depressing. Should be very depressing. Um, right up your alley, Chris Yost and Amal Carpin are doing something called Modoc Assassin. Wait, I thought we were leading up to this news. I'm just going to This is the biggest news of the, of the year of so the far. decade? Yeah. Of the millennium? Yeah. Um, yeah, man, Modoc is getting his own book during Secret Wars by our buddy Yosti. Drawn by Amalcar Pinna, who did All New Ultimates. It's basically a, uh, a place where Modoc is the baddest mamma in the world. He is the world's greatest assassin. And as a result, all of the biggest bads in the Marvel Universe, from Dr. Doom to Magneto to Dr. Octopus to other doctors, um, are all going to be coming after him, and he has to survive. And it has the Electro Assassin font. 
So I don't know if it's giving me an homage <laughs> to that or what's going on. Just as sexy. Just as sexy. So wait, where does it take place? Uh, it takes place in Killville, which is a war zone on Battleworld. I'm so excited. Yeah, I know. It's a whole slice of Battleworld where Modoc is just the man. Yeah, the editor, Daniel Ketchum, came to me like... Into a dr- in a dream. Um, like a month or two ago, like said, okay, here's this, blah, 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 here's what we're doing. What do you think of like getting my mm-hmm. my Modoc read on some of the things? And it was like, this I approve. Yep. You may proceed. This is like there are multiple Modoc projects running during Secret Wars. Natural, th- as yeah. there should be at he any is, given. He time. is a central figure within All, the Secret Wars. Modoc is like at his. He's, he's getting there. Like yeah. you've got John Hodgman campaigning mm-hmm. to be Modoc. Didn't know that. In, oh yeah, he's. Believe me, if you look at his How's Twitter the feed, campaign going. Uh, I mean, people keep sending me his tweets, and I'm like, great. Yeah, I, mean, I I don't know. Where would Modoc even fit in? Like, what movie would he fit into? They would find like if they did the way they did Arnim Zola is yeah. so great. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like if they said, yeah, we're gonna do Modoc. I'd be like, great. Yep, let's do it. Just like a before credits cap villain. Just like <laughs> him. He's the little him, come him on, Falcon hey, punching him out. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Maybe he's the, hey. Maybe he's the villain in uh, in Humans. <laughs> I'll take it. Right, that could work. No, screw know. that. Put him in Spider-Man. Yeah, make him the make him. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, or he could be the full recurring villain on a whole season of Shield. Yes. Would that work? That would work. Oh, That'd be God. nice. Put it so many options now. Uh, another big news story series coming. <laughs> Shaking off the cobwebs. A Force. Excited yeah, about A Force? Hell yeah. A Force is all the greatest female heroes in the Marvel universe on one team. The Avengers are gone during Secret Wars. So we need an A-level team. So you got She-Hulk leading a group of the greatest female heroes in Marvel in a book written by G. Willow Wilson and Marguerite Bennett. It's drawn by Paco Medina or Jorge Molina? Jorge Molina. Jorge Molina? Uh, because he drew... Paco Medina. Yeah. <laughs> Jorge Molina because he drew Thor this week right and killed it. Killed it. So he's going to be drawing it. They're going to be writing it. Um, some of the characters featured include, as I said, She-Hulk, Dazzler, Nico, uh, a new character called Singularity, mm-hmm. Medusa, mm-hmm. Queen of the Inhumans. Uh, I need to put a bug in the ears of Ms. Wilson and uh, mm-hmm. Bennett that uh, Shamrock. Needs Shamrock. To- Needs a place on that the team. The premier Irish superheroine in the Marvel I Universe. I love Shamrock. All right. I mean, she should be there. She's yeah. got a bar. She's in Fearless Defenders, right? And she will punch a dude. She will punch a dude. That's going to happen. So that's coming. Uh, Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars. Have you heard about this? Do you know I what have, this but is? Please tell me more. Uh, it's Deadpool. Instead of going to Battleworld with, with everything else, Deadpool's going back to the original Secret Wars from 1984. <laughs> Cullen Bunn's writing it. Uh, Matteo Loli's drawing it. I saw some pages. It's amazing. He's recreating, like, Mike Zek pages from 1984 and just dropping Deadpool in the middle of it. So great. So how does it work? I have no idea. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Cullen is very excited. Uh, and late breaking today, we, we just dropped a few more. When this podcast comes out, I think we already earlier this week talked about uh, Where Monsters Dwell, which is Garth Ennis's return to Marvel. He's going to be doing some, like, World War One monster actions it's fighter planes yep. and it's ladies and like it's dinosaurs, dinosaurs and all sorts of stuff garth Ennis and russ braun yep. and i, I forgot yeah russ braun's wait. drawing yeah every one of these two words now so far has just been like candy 
Yeah, it's just like delicious. Like, oh, you want to do something cool with like yeah. alternate realities and characters? We're going to show you how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, last but not least, you know how Spider-Verse ended this week? Not so, say I, because Spider-Verse will be part of Secret Wars. It's written by Mike Costa. Um, <laughs> it is going to be drawn by Andre Orojo, Ooh. our buddy. Ooh. And it's going to have all your favorite Spider-Verse leads. Spider-UK. Spider-Punk. Spider-Gwen. Spider-Punk. Spider-Punk. <laughs> all the spiders. Spider-Man India. Uh, all sorts of Spider-Man characters from Spider-Verse. Just we couldn't let it go. So take March and April off, <laughs> and then in May, right back to Spider-Verse. Well, when does the next issue of Amazing Spider-Man come out? Uh, I would assume March, probably. That's an epilogue. It's an epilogue? All right. So March, <laughs> got that. April, take a little <laughs> tiny break. Although I'm sure like Spider-Man 2099 and Spider-Gwen are still going to be dealing with this. So sure. Really, it never ends. Spider-Verse never, ever ends. Uh, in other comics news... Brian Michael Bendis is bringing his run on Uncanny X-Men and all-new X-Men to an end. It all ends in April before time runs out. It's going to end in Uncanny X-Men number 600. But Brian re-upped his exclusive with us, so just because he is leaving X-Men does not mean he is leaving Marvel. We haven't announced that yet. We have not announced his next project, but it's a big one, and it's going to be awesome. Love it. But no, we have not uh, talked about that, but glad Brian's still with us. Over in Video Game World, Contest of Champions, they added Electro kind of a out of left field addition but uh, i'm excited about it i'm playing the arena today to try to get him i am nigh unstoppable with my three-star iron fist uh i cannot be beat nice come at me <laughs> um there's lots of cool stuff coming up in all the other games i know cyclops debuted for marvel puzzle quest today we will have uh marvel heroes stuff later this week um from an old friend of ours who resurfaced in our lives in a pleasant way <laughs> And <laughs> unexpectedly. Um, so more to come with that as well. And Avengers Alliance stuff could happen at literally any second. Like, I logged in today literally. and I was, like, waiting. I was like, come yeah. on, give me something. To everyone on Twitter, uh, thank you for finally stopping asking me when the next update will be. I do not know. It, 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 by the time I get back to my desk, it may have happened. Those guys are, they live outside the box. Yes. Uh, the news we were talking about is obviously uh, Modoc Assassin, mm-hmm. so super excited for that. Uh, all right, time to get into this week of Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. Okay. You want to kick it off? <laughs> I was waiting for you to say, what about Spider-Man, oh, though? No sell you like I am on a New Japan show. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, Super kick party. Um, yep. Yeah, Spider-Man, I was here until 12.30 a.m. Monday night making sure that we got the news out. We all would have preferred to get it out earlier, but that wasn't how it worked out. And everybody's still got the news and everybody's excited. Much more to reveal about that in the coming months and years. Yes, I flew back on Monday. I was going to bed. I was checking my Twitter feed, noticed that Ryan was tweeting, like, feverishly about still being at the office thought that was weird said to my wife hey ryan's still at the office she said why i go i don't know she goes you want to text him i go no i went to bed (laughs) nice woke up the next day and saw the news so that's how i found out very good yeah yeah i you know like three minutes before i put out like uh, a picture of myself and i said soon yeah i was like 
you know, come on, guys. I hope you're awake because something's coming. I had no idea what was going on. It was yeah. it was a cool thing to wake up to on a Tuesday morning. Yeah. Last thing I would have guessed. Yeah, it's going to be fun. A lot of opportunities. And, and Second exciting. last thing I would have guessed. Number one, Alex Lopez, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. I mean, that, I guess, yeah. What's that noise? Yeah, that's <laughs> something. That would have been something. Yeah. All right. Uh, but now, yes, this week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club, we did Punisher, Punisher War, Journal. War Journal. Yeah. Um, I chose it. One, because we had a bunch of people who wanted to know more about Punisher. I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to read some more Punisher after, I don't know what book it was that he showed. After uh, Round Robin. Right. Yeah, he showed up in Round Robin. I was like, ooh, this Punisher, he's pretty cool. He yeah. plays well with others. Yeah, he seems like a pretty <laughs> swell guy. Yeah. Uh, and so I really, I to be honest, I wanted to do um, the Garth and Steve Dillon run. Right, but we don't have it. We do not have it on Marvel Unlimited at the moment. Hopefully that'll get resolved at another time and we can do it then. Yep. But... Um, so that was my first choice. That was out. Um, I thought about choosing the remainder and fraction stuff, and I was like, cool, but it was a very so of recent. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this was nice. This was more evergreen. This gave yeah. me more of a sense for, as someone who I know you were big into Punisher in the '90s, and I Punisher was not something I ever read. So this to me felt like, okay, this is a slice of what Punisher was like during this period. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and so this hap- This is like 1988 or 89 mm-hmm. when it came out, um, and I think it's not long after. It was probably around the time of the movie, hmm. so there would have been like first more, yeah, the first yeah. movie, more exposure for the character, uh, who had been, you know, he, he had gone from like a villain in Spider-Man to getting his own limited series like eight years later. Uh, and then getting his own ongoing shortly thereafter, but right. being like this gritty, just like he—he's a murder. He's Dirty Harry yeah. times Charles Bronson times you know whatever other urban vigilante. Yeah. So this was—I was going to ask you this. This like this was the second ongoing title. Like Punisher yeah. was already ongoing at this yeah. point. I know Punisher Warzone was to come because Warzone was, was was probably like another four or five yeah. years away. Because that because at one point three Pun- years at one point Punisher had three ongoing series at once, yeah. which is crazy. I mean, just to put the context of today's marketplace, where to us even having like if we added a second solo ongoing Spider-Man title, like that's like whoa, is that whoa? Are you guys pushing it too much? But back in the nineties, like Spider-Man had four titles, Wolverine had two titles. But to me, Punisher because I didn't read him. Even Ghost Rider had two titles. And we can't even, like, because he had Ghost Rider and he had Spirits of Vengeance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was technically another Ghost Rider book. Um, but Punisher was always, to me, I was like, all right, at least with all those other characters, like, there's they're superheroes, they got tons of villains, they can do all this stuff. Like, there's enough to fill four books a month. It was always baffling to me that Punisher, who generally kills his villains, um, had three ongoing series at the same time. Yeah. So what was, like, what, was there a tonal distinction, or was there just a lot of Punisher stories to I, tell? Honestly, I don't think there was a tonal distinction, especially mm-hmm. right away. I think later on, War Journal took on, if I remember correctly, took on the concept of this is Punisher. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, he would it would be sort of narrated like right. Punisher War Journal entry. Dear blah, Diary. Blah, blah. Yeah, like, Dear Diary, yeah. I murdered a guy in the face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's where it went. I don't remember a lot. Like the main Punisher book was a lot more, um, a lot of arcs, a lot of long range stories, and okay. a lot, of, a lot more, um, as much as he would be like connected to the Marvel universe. Right, that makes Still sense. Still not very heavily. Yeah. But there's like a part where he gets, you know, later on in the main Punisher series, he gets thrown in jail, um, gets messed up, he gets uh, like. 
sur- um, oh, yeah. reconstruction surgery, mm-hmm. and he turns into a black dude. Yeah, that was the main Punisher book. That was the main Punisher right. book. Turns into a black dude, and then like there's an ar- him fighting alongside Luke Cage because. Yep. He's another black character. Yeah. We got to put him together. And I, I always found that strange. I was like, it's cool because Luke Cage is Luke Cage. Yeah. But that was like shoehorned to me. It, was, it but sounds a, like a very 90s thing yeah, to do. Yeah. Yeah. But so like, I don't think you would see too many other characters mm. floating into War Journal. War Journal was remember. more like his personal adventures. Yeah. That said, right. in the eight issues we read, we did have we two guest stars. Who's the other one? Daredevil and... Oh, yeah, yeah, Daredevil. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, but I think that also is, like, them trying to find their footing and stuff. And, right. And f- getting it off and running. Right. I get the sense that Daredevil is always kind of, like, he's more part of Punisher. Well, to me, like, Spider-Man, Wolverine, Daredevil are the, the Punisher contemporaries. They're the guys who always tend to show up around him. Yeah. But, yeah, no, this was really interesting to read. Um, obviously, like, very early Jim Lee art. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy because Carl Potts, the writer... Was doing the layouts. Was doing the layouts yeah. for most of it, and you can you actually, if you watch, if you look from the first to the eighth issue, you can see Jim's progression, mm-hmm. like for sure, like putting more of his spin on things that yeah. you come to know. I don't know. The stuff with Punisher is always most interesting. And I've liked this about Nathan Edmondson's run, and I liked it about stuff Greg Rucka was doing. Is when they get into like the, like you can tell the writers done their homework and get really into like this is the perfect type of weapon here. Like even when they do the like back matter pages in here and kind of like show yeah. like you know. Here's his, his locker and his arsenal. Yeah, his, yeah. that's the. I mean, that's always cool about Punisher for me. But this was like, this was very a, even a different Punisher than what I'm used to reading because Microchip was still in the picture. Microchip was always like a big line of delineation for me with Punisher. Like when he has Microchip there, he's kind of like he's more okay. He's a guy in the Marvel universe. He's able to work with others. He's not this psycho. Yeah. When he's where there's no Microchip, I'm like, okay, this is the really dangerous punisher well, and i think it's also over time he's become like less verbose mm-hmm. uh in the in these issues he talks a lot Very more than you expect him to if you read him in recent years he's also yeah he's he's just meaner and mm-hmm. more he's he kills more now mm-hmm. which is crazy because he yeah. was he would kill but there are times when he's like he understands like i don't need to kill this person i'm just going to in- incapacitate them he's he's pretty moral in this yeah. arc i mean right off the bat the first issue which was kind of a one and done um what i liked the most was just the and it was haunting i wouldn't say i liked it was the showing his origin along the bottom well uh well he's going off and doing his own thing yeah but then yeah i mean so basically they have that then you have the bit with the uh, guy getting out of jail don't remember his name. Like that's the one thing about Punisher villains. I don't remember their names. Yeah, they're gone so quickly. Yeah, I mean he he murders them yeah. in an issue or two. I do remember Sniper, who's his old military buddy. Yeah, I mean that that's and that one's intense. That too. was a like, good one. That was really good, and it's yeah. like heavy too. There's all the the Vietnam stuff mm-hmm. that you know just made. I, I I like that one. Then you had the Wolverine yeah. guest appearance, which was I'm assuming we're gonna talk about that. And then actually the the one issue that ended the damage the issue, damage one that messed me that up. That was dude. a great issue. The way it starts, yeah. With oh man, them just like blowing that guy away at the beginning, and like understated. But the fact that all right, so this 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 shop owner at the beginning gets you know really nice guy gets shot, and he's talking to this mom and this stroller like. On the second page, you see that stroller getting like blown to bits. There's blood so on, like, on like crap. Uh, a rattle or something. It was it's really like, messed up. Yeah, it's but uh, also, I mean, I'm trying to think. In I would my mom worked in the city mm-hmm. when I was a kid in the Bronx and in Manhattan. 
And I would come into the city and with her, you know, when I was pretty young, and it was not a great place, mm-hmm. but it wasn't terrible. It was like on a much, it was on the upswing. Right. But, you know, like I think this is still more indicative of the 70s yeah. of New York and in the early 80s than it is of the like almost 1990. Well, yeah, I feel like I feel like Punisher specifically was always kind of perennially operating in 1970s New yeah. York. Like, There's a great point, uh, yeah. part where he talks about like these gangs up in uh, 185th Street. Mm. And I'm like, <laughs> that is 15 blocks from where I live. Um, yeah. Luckily, it's not I mean, quite it's that not dangerous quite that anymore. anymore. Yeah, well, it wasn't. Isn't there a bit about like gentrifying the neighborhoods in here? Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of gentrifying talk in there. There's a lot of stuff about that. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah, but the shop owner stuff, I, I was, I'd be curious to find out how, like, were they put into this book in order to launch this little series? What, that they, Shadow Masters. Shadow Masters, which I've never heard of ever. Right? Me neither. Yeah, there's, <laughs> and there's like reference back to stuff that's already happened too. So it's just, yeah, it's this weird subplot that's going through the whole thing. Yeah, and I'm like, but oh, man. but I really dug those characters. I was like really curious about what their deal Absolutely. was. Absolutely. I mean. I don't know how much more Punisher War Journal we have on Unlimited. I don't know. I didn't look. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't look, look past either. eight. Yeah, I was kind of like, you know, eight issues. Eight issues is a good amount here. And like yeah. you said, we got, we got a nice amount of story. Yeah. The Wolverine stuff, kind of the highlight. That's the first time Jim Lee drew Wolverine. I think so. so. He nails him right off the bat. Oh, yeah. I mean, those, those covers are incredible. Really good. And the interiors are cool. And I like, I like that, one, they don't know each other. No. Like, they don't, like, there's no concept. Like, Wolverine wouldn't, like, have thought seen Punisher news on the mm-hmm. TV, Punisher wouldn't give a crap wouldn't care about, about the X-Men, X-Men. stuff, yeah. Uh, and so, like, they just sort of do their thing. Yeah. Uh, they each think the other is a crazy and a killer and all this other stuff. It's well, great. It's, kind of, it's one of those things where, like, one of the things when Punisher meets up with superheroes now is he's usually, like, so crazy prepared and he's got his arsenal and he'll blow Wolverine's face off and do whatever. I kind of like the idea that he was just on this thing, was not expecting Wolverine, and just goes to punch him and, like, Pretty much oh. breaks his hand on his skull, yeah. gets slashed, and goes underwater, and that's it. Because Punisher is tough, but if he has no idea what he's getting into, yeah, there's no way he should be able to do okay in a fight with Wolverine. Like yeah. Wolverine should mess him up, which he does yeah. here, and then he bounces back and does okay. Yeah, and this is early on in Wolverine's ongoing series, Very I think, early. right? Like oh, '88 yeah. was when that launched. Well, he's still Patch, so yeah. that's yeah. and he's still in Madripoor, so that's right when his ongoing. Started. People thought he was dead. Yep. People, yeah, it's it's great. They, like we've said in a lot of these um, 80s and earlier books, they do a good job kind of nailing the through line every issue of the origin. Of, like, some way he'll just in a quick line say, like, you know, my family died because of drug dealers, and now I go and kill drug dealers. It's, 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 it's quick, and it gets a little repetitive when you read it all one after the other, but once again, you know, good just illustration of how to catch new readers up yeah. really quick on this character. Yeah. I also like that there's the one part with the, the, the kid whose family was also, like his dad mm-hmm. was killed the same day and all yep. that stuff. He's like, don't do this. Yeah. Don't go down that path. Yeah, don't be me. Yeah. It's not gonna, it's not gonna end up well for you. Yeah, and that was kind of crazy to me. That, like right there in the first issue, it's like, oh, hey, here's the identity of this guy and here's the guy, and here's also the guy who ordered your family killed, like not inadvertently, but like yeah. that, this is big stuff and I never knew any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, because to me with the Punisher, it's always kind of like the idea that he can't, he can never make things right. Like the idea of like, oh, he catches the guy who had his family murdered. He doesn't care. It's not about like, if I can just find this one guy and get my revenge, I'll be okay. His mission is much more about like, I hate 
everything. I, this so should much. never happen to anyone right. ever again. Right, exactly. So like getting revenge on the people who killed his family, which he in a way kind of does in this arc, doesn't even matter. Yeah. Like that's like whatever. That's that's just one other that's just one drug dealer he killed. He needs to go and kill infinite more drug dealers. Yeah. Like I know there's always the argument with, you know, the character across the street whose family died. It's like, well, if he can just catch his killer is that enough? And you don't know back and forth, and that's kind of a great debate. With Punisher, to me, it's like, no, there's no argument. Like, his life's over. He's the Punisher. This is what he is forever. And he doesn't, even even if he had every guy who was in the park that day lined up and he could shoot him all right in a row, that would just be like, all right, that's my morning. I'm like, <laughs> what, am, what am I doing this afternoon? Yeah. You know? Just moves right on. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Good. Good. Hooray! Let's see what you guys had to say. Um, first of all, we have a sneak. We have a sneak tweet first. Oh, sneaky tweets. Um, Daniel Willis, probably late with his twim URC tweet, but it's funny seeing... Oh, this is from, last, from the last one, from Knights of Wonder Gore. Um, funny seeing Sam Wilson talk about being a loner, knowing he leads the Avengers later as Cap. It's very recent. Interesting contrast between Uncanny Avengers 1 and the Twin URC regarding the twins' origins and Wanda's relationship with Vision. Okay, moving on <laughs> into this week's. Gregory Peterson, enjoyed the Twimmy RC. I am surprised by how mature some of the 80s books are. What should I read next for more Punisher? Well, next, I mean, that, that's kind of the the beauty of it. Punisher, it's a lot of right. stories of, like, you know, urban violence and crime and what Punisher, how he handles different things. So there are some, you know, connective things, but you could sort of read any of the 80s Punisher and 90s Punisher, yeah. you know, up until, like, he got turned into an angel, and then don't read that. <laughs> don't read that. Well, it's like the way you were talking about, like, Punisher being, like, kind of the Clint Eastwood type. It's like, you don't need to know what happened in Clint Eastwood's last movie. Yeah. You can just watch the next one. They're all similar in tone. Yeah. It's the same way, like, any good Punisher story you can read, they're all pretty standalone. Yeah. Even, like, the more recent ones, like, there's some continuity, but Punisher, I think, works best when they're just telling kind of, like almost anthology-like stories, which is where how he was for years. There's a great crossover with Daredevil between the, the main Punisher book and the main Daredevil book where they, it was like one month, I think, they crossed over and it was telling the story of their fight and two sides. It's in, it's mm. like the little bit of Daredevil we get in here, It's that is way bigger and way more right. intense. It's really, really good. There's an Abnett and Lanning um, yeah. two-parter. Year one. Yeah. I think. I think it's Punisher Year One. No, in the main Punisher book. Oh, okay. There's they the, also did Punisher yeah, Year One. There's a, an Abnett and Lanning story of like Punisher in prison, and then there's a riot, and he has to like team up with this guy, but it's insane. Mm -hmm. It's like in the 50s or 60s of the main Punisher run. I can't remember. I've only read it once, and I loved it. Uh, and then the Punisher War Zone book um, was uh, John Romita Jr. art, mm -hmm. and it's it's super cool. I remember and like had. The first issue had the great die-cut cover oh, yeah, with, with bullet holes, holes and blood. That was crazy. Really, really great. Um, but I ideally pick up the Garth Ennis. Start with Garth Ennis, Welcome yeah. Home Frank, uh, Welcome Back Frank, whatever it is, it is with Steve Dillon, this 12-issue series, and then they go into uh, an ongoing after that. Yeah. And also, if you are of age, go read Punisher Max. Yeah, yeah. That's I know Mark Strom speaks very, very highly of Punisher Max, which – would usually dissuade me. Punisher Max is like, okay, so the Punisher, you know, he's like 50 years old now. Yep. And he's it's really Clint Eastwood. Yeah, it's, it's like... Grant Torino Clint Eastwood. It's, it is so much. Yeah. So much of everything. A lot. A lot. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and as far as being surprised by how mature some books of the 80s were, I think the 80s was that period where comics stopped being for kids for a sec almost. It was much more, because it was the specialty shops, it was, it was much more aimed at like teenagers and adults. Um, and then the 90s, like, you know, the cartoons kicked back in and we started thinking more about this. In the 90s, we had kind of like both. We had like the crazy violent Punisher books, but then we also had, you know, the all ages stuff. The 80s also was really like the start of the grim and gritty mm -hmm. without it getting glossy. Yeah. You know, like the grim and gritty of the 90s is like giant spikes right, and right, big right, hair right. and like all that stuff. It's Whereas the grim and gritties of the 80s, the grim and gritty of the 80s is violent yep. and dark yep. and grimy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. 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 This Ryan's face right now is terrifying. Yeah. Jesse Delia says, reading Punisher, I really like how Frank keeps questioning who is bad. Really seems like a dilemma the Punisher would have daily. Castle's armory is impressive, but I've always wondered, how does he acquire all of these weapons and ammo, and where does his money come from? It's a good question. It's a great question. I think he takes money from a lot of the people. Like the yeah. thing, When he's not in a Drug rush, like, oh, there's 12 guys shooting at me. Like, yeah. I would imagine that it, there's that one scene where he goes to, the like, at issue eight, he goes to the gang's, yeah. like, place, and he beats the tar out of yeah. everybody there. He probably is like, oh, look, there's a pile of money. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. take that. I feel like it's always kind of, yeah, it's implied that he, whatever he finds, he keeps. Yeah. Weapons as well. Yeah, Do it's like a video game. <laughs> Do you notice how, as I was reading that, um, even though I can see, because I can read, that it's re been reprinted twice, Alex is not at all quietly going, it's it's done, duh, it's a double. It's a double. <laughs> so is that what you were saying? It's a I was double. trying to ignore like, you, Like, trying Alex. to distract me as much as possible, rather than just Great. letting me read it and Great. get there. Yeah. Terrific. Uh, LJ Hollywood says, about to jump into Punisher War Journal for this week's Twim URC. I've been loving Edmondson's recent run, so I can't wait to read this. That's another one. Yeah, Edmondson's run is really solid. Greg Rucka's run is yep. really solid. Those are on Marvel Unlimited that dig in. I just enjoy the heck out of those. Yeah. And then uh, LJ says, who is this microchip guy anyway? <laughs> I mean, micro Inflection mind. microchip, I don't know where microchip was introduced. He's basically just... Frank's tech support. Well, yeah, he's a guy who also got like a, a similar, some sort of similar situation where his family was killed, right? And he wants to. I think he probably. I my my brain, which may not be right at all, mm. says that he found out about the Punisher and what the Punisher does, and was offered his services. Basically, you know, almost got killed by Punisher, but yeah. got the trust and then worked together. And if you keep reading, I mean, they have a good like decade run together, but then th when things get bad with them and they've been progressively worse ever yeah. since see i remember from the spider-man 90s cartoon series which was it was crazy to me when they said punisher was going to show up like there was a lot of things they did on those on the spider-man one in particular where i was like how are they gonna do blade how are they gonna do punisher how are they gonna do these carnage and they would find ways they to their credit found like kid friendly-ish ways <laughs> but yeah they did the punisher and like microchip was like you know just just his buddy and you're like oh i could totally see this being a cartoon and like they're they're friends and everything is great and then i read like what happened in the comics and I'm just like whoa yeah. their relationship is not as good no. as was implied no sir yeah all right penelope cat time he says issue one nice seeing jim lee's art at the beginning of his career like looking at someone influenced by lee right i actually i'm not gonna lie at one point i thought he was switch hitting with uh will sportasio there's a bit of portasio yeah. and there's a shot in there towards the end uh, that looks like Lanil Francis U mm. 
would lay like was I was like, like oh look five at the time Lanille probably was heavily influenced by like a shot just like yeah. this was Cordasio before Lee though or are they about the same time contemporary okay. he might have been a little bit before but yeah. they yeah they were right in the same era got it. Penelope Cat says, I also liked re- the retelling of Punisher's origin as a separate piece at the bottom of each page instead yes. of the standard flashback. That was my favorite part of, yeah. like, that hooked me right away. Agreed. Okay. Totally creeped out by the story of the mom giving up her sister's baby in place oh, right. of her own. So, like, oh, matter of fact, gosh. too. Just kind of thrown in there. Yeah, and, like, the way they throw around the word retarded, yeah. which I'm not okay. Like, no. I'm like. It was really uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 yeah, there was just, uh, yeah, there was different times. Different times, indeed. I feel like there was one other thing they said over the course of the book. I can't remember what it was. It was like another word that made me similarly like, whoa. Yeah. Like, oh, all right, it's 1989. It says, issue two. Wait, did Potts use the same line about the foliage in Central Park being so thick you can't tell it's a park in two issues? Probably. Maybe. Probably. Sure. Well, I feel like he was going out of his way to, even though most of these stories didn't lead into one of the other, saying that the first issue is an established issue, but then... It leads right into issue number two, which was a new story. Yeah. So that might have worked. Uh, Penelope Cat says uh, that Frank's telling the kid not to seek revenge. He's very much do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting. Well, I mean, he's he's lost. He knows it. He's He can't do anything for himself yeah. at this point. He's he, over the edge. Yeah, he's consumed with this. this is he's his, in the fast lane. He's in the fast lane on yeah. the road. Punisher mania. Uh, been waiting to read the Daredevil readings. Ben wanting to read some Daredevil before the Netflix show. And here he is. Twim Yorsi anticipates my desires once again. Well, Believe you me, yeah. we're going to get to some Daredevil. We get some plenty of Daredevil, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, enjoy the, enjoying the ambiguity and uncertainty of this issue. I think Punisher stories should always make the reader a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed, so. I also think this issue's script and art feel a little more polished than the first issue. Mm-hmm. I th- you know, I, I think by the end of what we've read, it's really like... Right, a rolling, really rolling along. Right. Well, you also, like you said, you have to remember that it's the process of Potts doing the layouts and then Jim drawing over him. It's not just Potts handing him a script. Like yeah. Jim Lee has to find the way to kind of make it his own. So yeah. as they go, they get better. Yeah. Issue three. I don't like to mock '80s <laughs> comics for featuring '80s fashions, but these are the '80sest oh, of yeah. '80s gang members. They were straight out of Double Dragon. There's like, great any Nintendo game. Like definitely, yeah. they had a look like. In the damage issue, the final issue, where they're talking about like he's the only one allowed to have a mustache. Oh, and I loved it. Goofy like jackets. It's, uh, it's spectacular. Yeah. Uh, issue four, classic Punisher image on the cover. Which one was that? I don't remember which one that was. We don't have it in front of us. Right. So yeah, we'll agree. Well, let's see. It's I think I think that was the first sniper issue. Mm. I think no, wait, four? Yeah, because I think it was one, then the two part. Uh, guy out of jail. I don't know. I'm sure it was. It's, sure. It was all great. Uh, say, great job. He says, uh, loving the duo shade of the flashback pages. Mm-hmm. Gotta say, I didn't connect with issue four at all. We don't get to know the victims well enough to really care, he felt. All right, so that was the first sniper issue. Yeah. Also, the anti-drug trade message comes across as very preachy, and Castle's connection feels too coincidental. Nice art, though. There definitely is that one with uh, Lee Inaguchi, where he just, like, literally, it's just like a PSA. Yeah. Um, there were some really verbose pages yeah. in, in a couple of For these For a Punisher issues. comic, especially, because you don't expect that. Yeah, I was like, I, I, like, looked around, I was like, how much text is on this yeah. damn page? Yeah. Keep in mind also, though, this was during the heyday of, like, the anti-drug stuff that was True. going on yeah. in America. Yeah. So it played in nicely. Yeah. 
He says, I get that this is probably on Marvel Unlimited because of the Lee art, but I kind of prefer the Mike Barron series. Who drew that one? Is that the lim- the first limited? I don't know because I thought that was the Stephen Grant one. So yeah, I'm not I don't sure. Know. I know, uh, I know Mike Zach drew one of them, but I don't know which one because yeah. Stephen Grant gets name dropped in the second too. Right. It says, uh, let's see. Uh, been too busy packing for a move to read all the selection. Going to do my best. Punisher is a tough character for me. I generally like his series ever since the first yeah. Stephen Grant. So movie. I think I think it was Stephen Grant and Mike Zach, and then I think there was a Mike Barron one that mm. I cannot remember. But he also makes me uncomfortable, since the character embodies so many things I don't like. He's a murderer. Yeah. I mean, he may be murdering bad people, but it, he's a murderer. Yeah, no. It's tough. It's uh, tough to root for. Yeah. In the real world, it feels like too many people are too ready to use guns to take mm-hmm. the law into their own hands. That scares me. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about Punisher is he's not like a lot of our characters are kind of like an aspirational fantasy like oh wouldn't it be cool if i could be spider-man oh wouldn't it be cool if i could be iron man punisher is more like a revenge fantasy it's more like oh, if something horrible happened to my family i would it's not even i would want to do this like i want someone like the punisher to deal with this like to do the things that i don't even feel comfortable doing yeah. and i think that's part of what part of the appeal but also kind of what makes him so uncomfortable is that like, you don't like admitting that yeah that maybe like part of you agrees with him or doesn't i mean i'm not putting it one way or the other but it, it's supposed to make you uncomfortable yeah he says uh i can um i can accept that in punisher stories because he is always almost always right and there are at least temporary consequences when he isn't plus even in the marvel universe his actions are looked upon as not really acceptable nope. heroes aren't happy to team up with him no they they generally Never. always fight him yeah i can't think of anyone who's like buddy buddy with punisher like Wolverine, who he like has very had, a lot in common. Yeah, they almost kill each other in their first meeting. Yeah, uh, when I read a Punisher story, part of the escapist thrill is seeing justice done in a way that mm-hmm. is often not reality. Yeah, this is kind of what I was talking about. Yeah, uh, but that escapist fantasy for for him for Penelope Cat. When I read about someone really doing what Castle does in the news, yeah. it upsets me. I agree. Yep. It's a testament to the creators that I can enjoy stories about something I find personally abhorrent. Mm-hmm. I do get that superhero comics are escapist entertainment. Wait, that's a repeat. Damn it, Alex. Come on, Alex. Where was the warning oh. there? <laughs> he said, uh, Penelope Cat keeps going. He says, having said all that, I'm really enjoying Nathan Edmondson's current run on the character, and I loved uh, Greg Rucka's as well. I guess I'm torn between wanting a world where justice is done and a world where system protects the innocent. Mm. Looks like Heavy I have stuff. Yeah. Looks like I have time to read another issue or two. Uh, part two didn't do much for me. Uh, do much five, more yeah. for me than part one. So, yeah, he's talking about five. However, Lee's art seems to be getting more short each issue. Sure. I- issue six and seven. Is this Lee's first time drawing Wolverine? That was a question I asked. But, again, you know, I was thinking he was actually doing Alpha Flight before this. So it's oh, possible right. he drew Wolverine Ca- prior yeah, to this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know which issues of Alpha Flight he did. Yeah. Also, between a Wolverine appearance and dinosaur poachers, this almost feels like a different book, but not too different. Yeah, they made the fact that there's, like, this mythical dinosaur seem very fitting in the Punisher milieu. Yeah. Also, when the uh, pygmy kid dies, that was heartbreaking again. Yep. And have we? I want to go back to this place where the dinosaurs hang out. Yeah, I mean, I I was like, is this the Savage Land? Is yeah. this not the Savage Land? We've got a non-Savage Land, Savage Land. Let's yeah. go there. Hmm. I feel like people have been asking for that. Yeah. All right. Let's name check this. Uh, Ronaldo, awesome choice for this week's Twim URC. Loved War Journal back in the day because it was gritty, still packs it. Loved the end section in PWJ, which got into the arsenal, emphasized the Punisher's lack of power set and more real-world ties. 
Punisher World Journal in the 1890s was what Max or Bennis Brubeck Baker's Daredevil is today. Stripped of the fantastic, but full of character-driven intensity. Interesting comparison. Yeah, it's a cool way to talk about it. Bendis uh, Daredevil. Rick Jones. Glad we finally have Rick Jones on the podcast. Yeah, strumming his guitar. Punisher War Journal for this round of the Tomb URC. Not really my cup of tea, but I've heard good things. Let's do this. Issue number one, Brutal Bathtub Death by Radio. Oh, Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Issue number two, that must have been a killer guitar solo. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> is he, is he, he kills a guy with a guitar in there? I, I guess. I don't remember. Holy Exposition, Distinguished Competitions, Winged Rodent Man. I've seen less words per page in a prose novel, not complaining. Uh, Verbose Carl Potts. Yeah. Punisher War Journal has a bit of a Rambo vibe going on. Loving the inclusion of Mokeli Mbembe, hashtag I heart cryptozoology. Oh, so, wait, so that's this is a, a real thing. thing. That's yeah. awesome. There you go. Cool. Punisher War Journal, now featuring Wolverine as Craven the Hunter. <laughs> yeah, Wolverine's like justification for why he was wearing his like cheetah cape was pretty pretty ridiculous yeah he's like oh it helps me like wolverine's lines in this were pretty <laughs> out of control <laughs> pretty great uh with wolverine in on the action may need to change the may need to change the name of the book to punishers or wolverines the book we have now punisher war journal is not my typical flavor of illustrated narrative but i enjoyed the 80s action movie style good pick guys thanks rick it was very 80s action movie style yeah finally tom tattersall i'm pretty new to comics only been reading about six months so this man first punisher book think i'm excited we'll see these issues are flying by a much easier read than other older twin urcs like asgardian wars i would agree it definitely goes much quicker yeah uh and finally took out two of them flat on my back who's bad fantastic line <laughs> that was punisher saying that right <laughs> good lord yeah it's a different punisher than we have today absolutely that's, that's, that's okay all right cool nice new exposure to yeah. something different all right so for our next twin urc we are firmly in the month of february which is black history month wanted to do something with that because we have a lot of great characters who fit that wanted to go to probably my uh my favorite one of my favorite characters period that's the black panther one of my favorite runs period by mr priest Mr. Mark Teixeira. We have it on... The first five issues are available on Marvel Unlimited, and we will be reading that for our next Twin URC. Hell yeah. Got them all put aside already. I'm excited. Black Panther. Coming up next, Twin URC. That is awesome. Good pick. Uh, All right. I got another hour's worth of meetings starting in 10 minutes. So uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Remember to rate, review, and uh, subscribe, and tell us we're awesome. Uh, We got to get back to that number 13 spot. Oh, climbing. Yeah. I don't know where we are now. I'm not thinking about it. We were in the top 25 when I left. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Whatever. Yep. Okay. We'll be there again. Thanks, guys. This is Marvel, your universe.